and welcome to our podcast. My name's uh, Rich Bagnall and I am the service manager of the Staff Psychological Wellbeing Hub. And I brought with me a few members of our team and we are going to pause and reflect on our experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hopefully, particularly over the last few weeks, there's been a real recognition and understanding of the importance of us as NHS staff to take the time to pause and reflect and make sense of our experiences so that we can process these and hopefully try and um, recharge and move forward um, to continue to do the amazing work that's carried out by every single one of you on a daily basis. Um, but also so we can start to enjoy the jobs that we love to do. So hopefully by sharing our experiences, it'll encourage you to take the time to hopefully pause and do the same. So yeah, I will be your host today and I will introduce, well, I will let my team introduce themselves um, before we move forward. So Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm a mental health practitioner working with the Wellbeing Hub. Prior to joining the Hub, I was working with the Parent and Baby Unit in Stoke-on-Trent. And throughout the pandemic, we were based working from home. Okay, and we have Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm an assistant psychologist working with the Staff Psychological Wellbeing Hub. Prior to this role, I worked as a therapy assistant at Leighton Hospital in Crewe, working across medical and surgical wards. And then I went to combined um, working as an assistant psychologist at Harpens Hospital, again, on inpatient wards. Thank you, Olivia. And we have Lewis. Hi, uh, my name is Lewis Chingono. Uh, I'm a mental health practitioner. Prior to joining the wellbeing service, I was a staff nurse uh, in a low secure unit for women with mental health issues. Uh, and then while I was doing that job, I also starting, started working with the youngsters with the eating disorders. Okay, thank you. I have to be honest, I feel like a, a game show host. <laughs> so let's start with the first question then. Let's go sort of back to the beginning. And I think I'll start with you again, uh, Lewis. Um, when did you first hear about COVID? I'm not very sure. It should, it should have been a combination of the news uh, from the workplace as well as from different family members. It's just sort of something which insidiously sort of crept, crept, on, crept on me, but which quite clearly was something which was going to be with us for some time and very concerning. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Olivia, when did you first hear about COVID? I think I saw like a few glimpses of it on the news, but I think I first heard about it properly when I was on a city break with my mum in Krakow. Um, we got a text from the Polish government um, talking about that there was an alert for coronavirus, but we didn't really think too much about it and just got on with the holiday, really. And then two weeks after we got back, that was when the first lockdown was announced. And I genuinely thought it would only last for three weeks. And here, <laughs> over a year on, we're still battling the effects of it. Here we are, 18 months on, recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th I think a lot of people have shared that view that we thought, you know, a few weeks and then uh, hopefully things will be back to normal. But, you know, how, how wrong were we? <laughs> 
And Sophie, when, when did you first hear about COVID? I think very similar to Lewis, I'd seen glimpses on the news, but it was very much kind of the talk within the team at Parent and Baby Unit and, and people's fears and anxieties. For me personally, I didn't see it as a particular threat initially, and I certainly didn't fear that, you know, we were, it would affect us in the way that it has and we would have ended up in lockdown as such. And then obviously March came and we were told to get our laptops for those who had got them and go home and to work from home indefinitely until further notice. Yeah, and that's when things start to really feel real, I suppose, wasn't it? Which I suppose takes me on to my next question. Um, you know, when things started to become serious, when, you know, people were sent to work from home, when, when you know, people who were at risk um, were advised to stay at home, you know, we first started to have them, you know, close or distant friends or just people that we knew um, sort of test positive for COVID. Um, how were those sort of early, what were them ex early experiences like? How were the early experiences of COVID for you? Go back to you again, Sophie. I think for me personally, I think from a work point of view, from combined healthcare, I felt very protected in a sense. Obviously, our whole team was working from home. Our manager at the time was was really supportive in, you know, checking in on us, having those conversations about well-being. However, slowly, the further we got into lockdown, and it obviously appeared that there was no real easing of restrictions as such, I think that's when it started to take its toll. You know, I'm a single mum of three very young school-age children um, and nursery age as well at that time with obviously no access to support. Both my parents work for Combined Trust also, so they were still actually having to go into, into work. Um, so they were fearful of, you know, bringing coronavirus to me and um, the girls as such. That actually, you know, I, I was very on my own and, you know, the fear of having to send my girls still into nursery and school settings because I'm unable to do the job I do with the girls at home was quite a worrying time. And logistically, you know, having to manage that workload of that work-life balance as such as doing the school run, nursery run, you know, logistically getting your shopping you know, not wanting to take the girls to the supermarket with me, but also not really having the childcare support there. I think looking back, I don't actually know how I did it, but I did. And I think I think it, it's really good that, that we are able now to kind of pause that little bit and, and reflect on those experiences. And I don't think it'll be for a long time, actually, until we actually recognise the impact, the pandemic and the the lockdown restrictions has had on us, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast can absolutely share those experiences with you. Um, I think one of the key things, like you say, is we just those support networks that we that were in place and to some aspect probably took for granted in a way. All of a sudden they were gone, weren't they? You know, and that goes for you know yourself as a single mother, but also the elderly who had relatives who would come and support them. So yeah, I think that's 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 that will, will have been a a huge thing to reflect on those sort of support networks that were lost, particularly during the, the, you know, the, the outbreak and the initial start of COVID. How about you, Olivia? So obviously, I know you said you 
work on you works on the wards that's where we have our patients who you know can't necessarily just be sent home to isolate the staff members who can't stay at home to isolate and you know you, and you're still working in them environments with sort of and being in contact with you know a number of different people so you know when did you first start when did you feel when did it first start having an impact on you at work so i just felt like i was stuck in a cycle really going to work coming home being that tired that i'd just go to sleep and then repeating it so during the first wave when i was working as a therapy assistant I picked up extra shifts on the weekends as well as doing full-time hours to support my team because, like Sophie's mentioned, people weren't able to do weekends anymore who had children. And I also just needed to something to occupy myself with. I think work helped to keep my spirits up a little bit because I was seeing different people outside of my household and just having that bit of connection with them. But then after a while of doing weekends, I noticed that I was heading a bit towards being out territory. You realise that there is a real physical impact of spending hours in heavy PPE. You just, it makes you feel so much more tired for some reason. And also the emotional effects of seeing really poorly people on the wards with COVID. I'd be treating someone so they'd be walking up and down one day and then I'd come in the next day and somebody would tell me that the person had died overnight and that was just horrible, really. And that was happening a lot. It's something that I haven't really experienced before and that was just really hard. And I didn't feel like people were really talking about it. I just felt like people were just getting on with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I suppose, you know, I suppose looking back, how did you and the team sort of manage that? You know, and you know, what how, what did you feel and what were your thoughts during, you know, that time when you know, there wasn't an increase in deaths, wasn't there? And I think, like you just mentioned, then it's we almost just got on with it. But you know, was then how did the team support each other during that time? Well, at the start, um, it was really hard because those who were on COVID positive wards we're actually told that you've got to have your dinners and your breaks separate to the other team. And mm -hmm. um, so that was really difficult. You could only sort of talk amongst yourself. So it was just me and one other colleague really who talked about what they'd seen, but also we didn't want to keep going over it and over it. Um, and we just, a lot of the time, we just talked about more lighthearted stuff. Yeah, definitely. I suppose it's that distraction, isn't it? You know, from the workplace, and you know, really positive though that you were, you know, you you took a, you took the break and sort of take yourself out of that environment because you know it's it is sort of a really sort of difficult environment to work in, isn't it? Uh, particularly like you say when you're wearing full PPE, you know, it just become really difficult. And you know, I can imagine it was hard for the team because I I imagine all the visiting was stopped in in in, in that area. Yeah, um, one thing that was helpful was taking walks so taking all your PPE off and just going for a walk around the hospital just to have that little break yeah definitely definitely I suppose <laughs> there are sort of things that we can hopefully you sort of use and, and and see as a positive and sort of keep hold of uh moving forward so 
you know, there's, there's no reason why that should stop us. There, I think, you know, getting off the ward environment and, and particularly going outside and going for a walk, you know, is, is usually beneficial. So hopefully one of the, you know, one of the few positives come out of um, these experiences are, you know, discovering new ways to sort of look after ourselves, new ways to sort of focus on our well-being, you know, particularly in the workplace. Okay, so moving on, um, this one's for you, Lewis. <laughs> So what was the first lockdown like for you? So when that first lockdown sort of kicked in, when Boris came on the TV and said everything was shutting and we're not to leave our homes unless we really had to in terms of going to the shop or that there was key workers going to work, how did you find that first lockdown experience? It was a bit of a shock. And a split between the, the personal and the, the work and the working and the working work environment. Uh, in the personal bit, my my son at the point was a student at Leicester University and there was news about Leicester just about going to lockdown and fortunately for him Leicester University decided to close the university and I managed to pick him up uh, about 24 hours before Leicester went into lockdown so he's <laughs> he's, he's been I should call it uh, for most of the time he's been at home which meant that I didn't have to worry, worry about him uh, but it's it, obvious he, he has been he has lost his social contacts and other things while he's at home, and it affected his studies a bit. My daughter was uh, works in London, and was just about to move into A and E, and was told that her three month placement in A and E was going to be for six months because all placements are going to oh, people are going to stop all movements between placements. That created a lot of worry and anxiety for for us as a family about where, about where she was and how she was coping. Then there's then there's a work environment. Myself and the team were worried about how to protect our families and and the patients from actually getting a, getting the infection. Uh, looking at what PPE and what practices we could put into place, without actually significantly changing the care of of those individuals who were who were already living in a relatively isolated environment struggling to get PPE, looking at how we can actually use it effectively, not knowing what was safe, and generally trying to care for the patients we were looking after, but being concerned about our safety as well. And that split between not being able to touch, to touch or hug or get close and increasingly maintain social distancing with patients. Uh, fortunately for us, we, we didn't have many patients who who had COVID. So some of those issues were, were hard and still hard to deal with. Having to, on a daily basis, test stuff for COVID when they come on duty mm-hmm. and wondering how to, how, what to do if they test it positive, how to manage and support them was a great challenge. And, and we're very, very, very ill-prepared for that. Within the workplace, obviously, we, t- we started taking temperatures routinely on a, on a daily basis, uh, twice a day for for patients, and once and once and once a day for for staff. Social distancing became 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 the norm. Became the norm. Uh, staff started worry, worrying about what would happen if they were unwell and issues about losing pay. Uh, staff were increasingly got isolated from other members of the family, which also happened to me. Uh, before then, I would be flying around the country, seeing different members of the family, some of whom were poor health conditions. 
as as lockdown came in, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't support each other, and all that became to have an impact on had an impact on me and the family, but everybody else. Yeah, absolutely, and all that you've just said, and about I'm going to say about two minutes, you know, just as soon as that lockdown kicked in, it just changed everything, didn't it? And it's clear it had such an impact on so many different people in so many different ways. And like you say, it's that, I think one of the key points there is, you talked about the PPE, we, want, we wanted to uh, you know, be as safely protected as we possibly could to look after ourselves, look after the patients, look after the families. But at the same time, it was them challenges around, you know, losing that sort of, not wanting to lose that sort of care and compassion we showed towards our patients when, you know, when we can't go near them when they're upset or when when, when they might be confused or, you know, might, 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 might be agitated and, need some, and just need some support. You know, we can't go get close enough to offer that sort of support that we're so used to and that we, and that, that we want to do and that naturally comes to us as sort of, sort of um, healthcare workers and also wearing the masks, you know, and not some people not being able to understand what we were saying because some people rely on lip reading. So, you know, so many challenges. Um, I think even when you talk about your family and your son, you know, universities is meant to be a huge social experience and all of a sudden they're having to almost be rushed back home, aren't they? And, and, and they miss out on so much of that. And, you know, I think it, was, it just goes to show how difficult it's been for, you know, everybody for a different number of reasons and in, and, and in different ways. And that's all just from, you know, the, the first lockdown, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, really sort of good reflection there, Lewis, and I'm sure people listening will appreciate you sharing that. So yeah, we've sort of talked about the first lockdown, the impact that COVID had on us at work, you know, what were our early thoughts and, and feelings around that and our early experiences. Um, let's move to something a bit more positive. What ways did you come up with? What ways did your team come up with? And, and, and how did you look after yourselves? So how did you ensure going through all that, all them? really really difficult experiences what did you put in place to make sure that yourselves your team or even your families were looked after um, you know what was good what 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 did we sort of somehow manage to enjoy in, in some respects um, from the experience so i'll start with you sophie if that's okay the the one announcement that you know myself and my family particularly were looking forward to was the day where they said that you know you, you can join a bubble if you're a single parent um, or there were certain other criteria that I can't quite recall. But that first night where my, my three girls were able to see, you know, my mum and, you know, my mum my stayed over, we had a sleepover, you know, I think that that memory will be imprinted for the rest of my life, really, because I think, like you say, so much that we take for granted you know, we, we probably haven't felt as though we have, but I think potentially we have adapted so well to kind of working from home and 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 just kind of dealing with, with the challenges that that's brought, that potentially we won't ever return to how life was before. And necessarily that isn't a bad thing, you know, that, that potentially we will put more emphasis on spending time with loved ones, doing more kind of creative things in the home because you can't get out and about you know hopefully the the reduction of needing cars and you know the impact that'll have on the planet i think you know that there is potentially a lot of positives that, that can come from the pandemic and that we can learn from it to to move forward in a more positive way 
Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was more sort of a personal outlook on it, wasn't it, from your sort of personal life? So I'll move forward to Olivia. And do you want to talk to us a bit about the positives that were happening on the ward and what the sort of team were doing to look after each other on the ward while working in such difficult circumstances? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially in my role as an assistant psychologist, I think we've played a big part in supporting the staff throughout the pandemic. So I found myself just doing more informal check-ins with staff, so just asking how they were getting on and just checking that they were all okay. And just giving them a bit of a space to talk sometimes. We put on some more reflective sessions as well, and we really scaled them down so people could actually attend. So instead of being an hour every month, we did 15-minute sessions per week because they seem to be more accessible. And again, that similar sort of thing, just giving people a supportive, confidential space to talk through their experiences on shift. Um, that was aimed at like the nursing staff. And then another thing that our team did was putting on regular mindfulness sessions. So they'd only, again, only five minutes because we were mindful of the fact that everyone is really busy but introducing people to the scale of mindfulness and getting in that regular practice across the acute wards, helping people to stay present in the moment. And to, because I think, um, especially during the pandemic, people were anticipating a lot and really worrying about the future. So being mindful is really a really valuable skill in that circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you for sharing that. And it's clear that during the, the, the pandemic um, and during COVID-19 that sort of looking after staff wellbeing has really been brought into the spotlight. And that's a huge positive to take out of it. It's music to our ears as a wellbeing team. But, you know, some of those practices around looking after staff can really be sort of held on to and, and, and utilised moving forward. Then, you know, that can only sort of hopefully be a good thing in the future. So, Lewis, do you want to tell us a bit about how you looked after yourself uh, during such a difficult time and, you know, and your team? Uh, one of the positive things, which is probably not spoken about a lot, or not said, is regarding to the third world, is that at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, there was a fear that it would, it would catch on in the third world and it would go easily out of control. Fortunately for me, because my family in the third world, the pandemic wasn't that widespread and that devastating uh, in the first wave. So that was quite a, a good thing and a relief. Uh, just moving closer to home, do you remember the days where you, to, you, you couldn't get any toilet paper in the shops? Yeah, you almost forget that, don't you? You almost forget them times, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you're lucky to get a loaf, if you could find a loaf of bread if you went in. Uh, it's, how, it's how people supported each other in the workplace. Uh, people would come in with extra loaves of bread or or or, 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 or extra loaves and just give <laughs> each other free to take home because we knew that those things matters and that if you went in the supermarket first and you could get something else for a colleague that would be helpful. That was a good thing that people said people were looking after each other and they were supporting each other. Behind that also was people having quality time in terms of families as well as friends just beginning to appreciate each other, who you are and where you're placed and the things that matter to you. 
certainly, as, as, as you've highlighted, most of the materialistic things meant less, and being with people meant more. And the more time we spend at home with families, the more actually we, 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 we begin to appreciate them. The amazing creation of Zoom, I think Zoom just came at about the right moment. I remember having Zoom meetings or Zoom conversations with my mother in the middle of a, of a little patch of land in, in Zimbabwe somewhere with very, very poor signal. So so that, that so some of those things were, were very, very good. And and having to use uh, different forms of way of communicating with family and staying with, and staying with family. And also, although health services looked relatively inaccessible, uh, having to use, I uh, call it, telephone or web-based communication with, with practitioners, for some people, it made it easier as well as safer. So the, the other things which happened, which made life much more easy and much more comfortable. Not having to drive around a lot, not having to eat out, out a lot, actually meant that we had a little bit more money in the pocket to do nicer things with the family as well. So the, there were some good things that came out and still, and are still benefit, beneficial uh, from the from the COVID experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've, you've, you've raised some really, really good points there. I don't think there's anybody, you know, was for anybody listening who probably didn't do a Zoom quiz <laughs> over the last 18 months. Um, but yeah, that development of sort of technology so we could connect with people, not only, you know, family members, you know, locally, but also from, from, from all over the world. It was, you know, that's that. I think that was a really big positive because as we locked down, we, we seem to, you know, have contact with people that we hadn't probably had contact with um, for a long time, but, you know, due to things like Zoom. So, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's a great positive. And um, so really great positive small three of you and sort of a really nice section of this podcast. I think it's going to be my favourite section, that bit is. So a difficult question for you, which I'm probably going to land on you. So apologies, but I'll start with you, Olivia. How have you made sense of what you've experienced? Wow, that is a hard question because <laughs> we've only just really had time to sort of, like you said at the beginning, pause and start to reflect on what we've actually been through because it's absolutely massive thing that's happened and it's affected everybody and it's affected everybody in different ways. But even doing stuff like this and listening to other people's experiences has started to help me to process it and to feel a sense of like connectedness. We've all been through this. Um, we've all experienced some sense of isolation, which is a completely new thing for a lot of us. So I think mainly talking to people, listening to people has helped me to really make sense of it. And I think that's an ongoing process as well, which will continue for quite a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's an absolutely fantastic answer considering I just landed, put you on the spot there. Uh, thank you, thank you for sharing that. And, and, and Sophie, how, you know, how have you made sense of what you've experienced or, you know, have you? Um, or, or like Olivia said, it's such a, you know, it's, we, we are we there, yeah. I think a simple answer to that, Rich, is, is no. Um, I don't think a lot of us are there yet. But just to echo what Olivia said, I think sharing sharing our experiences, talking about our experiences, talking about how we feel, how we felt, I think is a process that we need to continue to do, really, to to kind of deal with what, what we've had to cope with and be able to move forward. Louise, do you want to add anything to that? 
I think we'll continue to make sense of it, but as the biggest learning point probably is around actually the things that you value and the things that are meaningful, and also individuals' ability to to have resilience and to cope under the most difficult of circumstances, despite all the challenges, despite all the grief, people have managed to keep moving on and maintain life and actually value life even a little bit more. And and people have been looking after each other and supporting each other. Uh, I live in a little street which which is quite quite a few neighbours, but actually the, the amount of support and coming together within within the locality has been actually quite good and actually it's learning to know that actually yes as individuals we can survive and as individuals we actually care for each other and that in itself gives a bit more meaning to life absolutely i think one of the sayings that i've really stuck with um i think it was sophie who said it was that the world came together as the people stayed apart and you know i think that's really sort of hard-hitting and you know, really sort of, again, another sort of positive way of looking at it, how much it's brought, you know, for all the really difficult times we've been through, all the challenging times we've been through, both at work and in personal lives. I think it has caused a lot of, you know, anxiety, a lot of upsets, a lot of, you know, anger. But at the same time, it has brought people together, you know, it's brought families together, it's brought communities together. In a lot of respects, it's almost brought the world together to try and combat this such horrendous sort of disease, hasn't it? And yeah, I suppose that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you all for sharing um, your experiences and uh, reflecting on your experiences. Um, I think it was really, really positive to for you that you all three of you brought up at the end that it's really important to do sort of this, you know, to pause um, to reflect and to really sort of try and make sense of what we've been through. So yeah, thank you to Sophie, thank you to Olivia, thank you to Lewis, thanks for listening. And yes, I hope you found this useful um, and enjoyed it, thank you.